Your body count is killing you. So why does everyone keep saying it doesn't matter? We're told that a woman's sexuality is equal to a man's, but is it? Feminists have a right to be fed up with men for their over-sexualization and objectification of our bodies. But what has their solution been? To empower women by encouraging self-objectification? To normalize sexualization as long as women are the perpetrators? What's the sluttiest thing you've ever done? I've ran a train multiple times. How many guys? Two, three. Me and Adam finally so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yesterday. Raw, what? And what made you a slut? Because I own my body. My body is not a political playground. It's not a place for legislation. It's mine and it's my future. And if we say that we're just a whole, do we really take back some power? If we objectify ourselves and call it a choice, does that magically give women the keys to the castle or does it lock us in a basement of despair and shame? I'm gonna be honest with you because no one else will. Any guy who says he's interested in you beyond just f***ing you is full of shit. Have we gotten happier since the sexual revolution encouraged us to have sex like a man? I never understood how we jumped from acknowledging that a lack of accountability from promiscuous men was an issue to somehow praising women for their promiscuity and lack of accountability. Two wrongs don't make a right. Usually what I look for in a guy is just like a one night Hangout. I normally end things by sending a text. I don't think it's going to work out with us. It's not you, it's me. Kiss, send. Arguably, culture has always encouraged women to make themselves appealing to men. Makeup, beautiful clothes, alluring scents have been utilized for centuries to court a partner, to find a man that is worthy of marriage. But our materialistic and modern culture has distorted this timeless desire to be attractive, not to be seen as charming, mystical, and elegant in beauty, but to be seen as an object that has surface level appeal. Modern women are being encouraged to simplify our identities to our sexual appeal. And our generation is buying it. Walk the streets in any major US city and you'll see women gloating over their body count. How do I know? Because I've talked to them. I literally don't care about body count. Like long term with a virgin, that might be difficult for me personally. Does body count matter? No. And for all the surface level appeal, if you'd even call it that, are we actually better off? We've utilized the blueprint we've been given, but the only thing to materialize is sky-high STDs, mood and personality disorders, rape culture, legal prostitution, depression, and loneliness. Promiscuity is the snake oil of the modern feminist movement. Everyone is profiting off of this lie that women will get ahead if we're constantly underneath someone. Research suggests there is a linear relationship between the probability of substance use disorders and an individual's number of sexual partners. The consequences to your physical health are insane. STD and STI rates are shocking. There were 2.5 million new cases of syphilis, chlamydia, and gonorrhea in 2021. Syphilis infections alone shot up 26%. Among bisexual women, STD rates were even higher. Ambitious, sexy, and 
has undetected gonorrhea. And I feel like a lot of us already knew this or could have guessed this to be true, but what really interested me was seeing what happened to promiscuous people after marriage. Only one in 10 married people who label themselves as having a higher than average body count would say they're very satisfied in their marriage. These couples are hit with an onslaught of complications, trust issues, insecurity, low self-esteem, and inability to pair bond, depression, and reports of cheating are through the roof, ultimately leading to a greater likelihood for divorce. On the flip side, 10 to 20% of married adults who have only had sex with one person, that being their spouse, reported having a happier and higher quality marriage than those who had several sexual partners before getting married. Sexually inexperienced couples are two to three times more likely to have a highly stable marriage. This isn't hearsay or Christian propaganda or conjecture. It's scientifically proven. And if you really wanna be mind blown, get this. Christians are having more orgasms and better sex than non-Christians. For real? Not even close? Not even close. When I see how much evidence exists that shows how damaging physically and mentally hookup culture is, I wonder how something like cancel culture hasn't come for Alex Cooper from Call Her Daddy. Every guy has had that moment where you're like, I low key am down to that sex because she's going to be so fing nasty gonna have on to my. Work overtime and be like getting it. And yeah. then she also knows she has to and leave. Here's a prime example of someone who spent years encouraging millions of women to buy into this con of a lifestyle, then signed on to do a $60 million deal with Spotify. And as soon as the ink was dry, she did a full rebrand and pivot away from her original content and show format. All of a sudden she's doing mental health and celebrity interviews. What happened to telling girls to cheat on him and embrace being just a whole? Now she herself is engaged. I'm engaged. I know, I know. The question is, did Alex Cooper have a change of heart and realize that she was peddling a fraudulent lifestyle that brings more pain and suffering than it does empowerment? If she didn't, if hookup culture truly makes women happier and fulfilled, why would she accept a wedding proposal? It seems sus to say the least, and I find it very interesting that absolutely no media outlet has asked her about this. Once you understand that several industries stand to lose millions, if you decide to stop partaking in casual hookups, it's hard not to get away from the feeling that you're being used. If women maintained a higher set of standards, Big Pharma would hemorrhage money with lost birth control sales. Planned Parenthood misses out on abortion, which is where the bulk of their profits come from. Think of how many people are misled into thinking that promiscuity won't negatively affect them. Former porn stars Mia Khalifa and Joshua Broom are two people who say that's a big fat lie. And they now have to deal with the overwhelming consequences that come from their promiscuity. Mia Khalifa was one of Pornhub's top performers. Now she says the 11 videos that she made will haunt her until the day she dies. She warns others not to support another woman getting exploited, even if that woman will be able to pay her rent. In the end, none of it was worth it to her. The major production companies prey on vulnerable young women. 
I, I couldn't scream loud enough. There's nothing I could do to make it go away or to make them stop. I I didn't. Are you okay talking about this? Um. I personally interviewed former adult actor Joshua Broom on The Spillover about what it was really like in the porn industry. I felt humiliated. I felt ashamed. I'm here just to clock like in. Like any work, any job. And do a job that I don't want to do. He filmed over a thousand X-rated movies over six years under a pseudonym. At the height of his fame, he simultaneously won Performer of the Year while also planning the steps to end his own life. Here's the thing. Women literally hold the power to end hookup culture permanently. You attract your tribe. Our actions create the culture we live in. We let men use us and then we pretend it's something to boast about. We all claim we're high value, but have no standards for the men we let into our pants. The harder it is to get with you, the more perceived value you have to men, which means they're gonna want you. They love to chase its basic supply and demand. And yes, the men also play a part in this. They will willingly participate in the promiscuity, but turn around and hold it against the women who engage with them. How can you rack up your own body count and then wonder where all the virgin women are? Bro, you and your friends slept with them. Don't have sex, because you will get pregnant and die. People are really out here making the stupidest arguments for this too. They'll be like, how are you going to know that you found the right fit if you don't try on several different pairs of shoes? Let me ask you something. When you learned to ride a bike, did you learn on a bike you were riding or did it take several bikes before you learned how to ride? Step away from the bike. We don't have to allow it. Make them prove that they're worthy and this whole scheme implodes. We are the gatekeepers. This was how it was actually supposed to be. There is a price to pay for promiscuity and it could be an unplanned pregnancy or an STD, but the emotional cost is what really eats away at you. And it's what everyone seems to gloss over. It's called intimacy for a reason. It's biologically impossible for women to have sex and not get connected emotionally. The hormones released during sex are like super glue. Oxytocin and vasopressin work to bond a man and a woman specifically. Ladies, don't sleep on oxytocin, pun intended. That's the same chemical released during childbirth and breastfeeding. These hormones were literally designed for creation. If you keep hooking up with multiple partners before finding the one, that super glue loses its stickiness over time, eventually making it harder to pair bond your forever partner. Is your life just terrible? I know how that feels. <laughs> this isn't religious conjecture. This is the biological evidence that your body count is killing you. People spent the last couple years asking conservatives if we trusted the science. But do you? 